When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Thank you again for joining this week. Uh, if you're here for Cat McNamara, I think it's a really great interview and you're going to have a lot of fun. And if you like the interview, I ask you to stick around and subscribe and help this little podcast out. Write a review, subscribe. The, um, the handles on Instagram and Twitter, Ryan. Uh, Twitter is at Inside of You Pod, and uh, Instagram, and Facebook is <laughs> Inside, Inside of You Podcast. Podcast. Very simple. What guys. happened? So, uh, so check us out, write a review, and uh, support the podcast so it keeps going. And we'd like to keep going. We like the podcast, and a lot of folks are, are digging it. So hopefully you'll, you'll, you'll like this uh, this interview. A few things I want to just uh, pump up the Animal Rescue Mission. I am on the board. Uh, the Animal Rescue Mission rescues, rehabs, and finds forever homes for abused and neglected animals. Uh, if you want to donate, just go to theanimalrescuemission.org, theanimalrescuemission.org. Also, if you want to uh, donate to the Ronald McDonald House, I love them. Uh, they're an amazing, amazing organization. Go to Also, go to echoesofhope.org if you want to support foster youth um, and food on foot. Uh, I'm a board member on all these things for the most part. Um, foodonfoot.org and help the homeless crisis uh, in Los Angeles or around the world. I, I wish there were more food on foots. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening again. And uh, if you want any cool merch, go to the Inside You online store. We've got great stuff, Smallville stuff, lunch boxes, and blah, blah, blah. There's, just take a look at it. Go to the Inside You online store. If you want to make any bookings or uh, Zoom bookings, go to sunspin.com. That's the band's website. That's my new band. Not my new band. I keep saying my new band. It's my... It's our second album. It's coming out in September. So hopefully you'll like it. Keep looking for it. It's coming out soon. And uh, support that. Um, what else can I say? I mean, I'm, uh, the cons are done for a while. I mm -hmm. don't have any cons until November, December. I'm going to Columbus and uh, Pittsburgh and San Francisco. So if you're out of cons, it must be only pros then. Only pros. No more cons in this man's world. You know, the, uh, the I feel like the anxiety today is is better. It's a little bit better. So maybe, um, you know, I'm talking to my guy tomorrow. I'm just hoping this, I, I just rebound from this. It's, it's a struggle, man. Anxiety is a struggle, boy. And this is probably the worst anxiety I've had in a while. So anybody out there suffering from anxiety, that you, you know, get help. And uh, it will get better. I'm getting better. And uh, it, was, it was tough, man exercise go for walks i know you don't want to do it i know your body doesn't want to do it you're tired you just want to lie down that's depression <laughs> you know that's that's what i i deal with and uh so i'm just rooting for you guys as i know hopefully you're rooting for me great guest today cat mcnamara uh what can i say about her this is her second time or third time on uh she's got the new show walker independence She's got Arrow to talk about. She's got a lot to talk about. I love her Instagrams, her posts. Um, they're full of life. She's a, a fascinating young lady. I sound like I'm an old man. 
And she's a fascinating young lady. Just, just <laughs> fascinating, Ryan. I, I admire her uh, tenacity. I admire her. her. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Sorry. It's been a, a long morning, and uh, we love you. But without further ado, stick around for the top tier. Oh, of course, join Patreon to support the podcast. I forgot to mention that. Uh, I'll message you after you join. It's patreon.com slash inside of you. And without further ado, let's get inside of Catherine McNamara. It's my point of view. Listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. We'll have to get the Walker family in one day and just do a combo episode. You just jumped right in with the Walker family. <laughs> I love this. I mean, I just interviewed Jared Padalecki. I and saw. We were talking about you. Did you listen? I I heard bits and pieces. I mean, I think Twitter was just a flutter. Yeah. At any mention of of <laughs> this new show. Anytime you get those supernatural Walker boys on, it's true. I guess it wouldn't be Walker boys. It would be Walker boy. The Walker. Well, the Walker. The Walker. Yeah, the Walker. Is, I think is Walker that successful? I mean, it's got to be successful if they're doing a prequel to it. I think it's, there's so much to it. I mean, it is, you know, it's that there's a familiar audience and it's, it's that nostalgia that Westerns bring out in people. I think, you know, there's such a familiarity to it, but it, with the sort of resurgence of Westerns right now, it provides such a great opportunity to take a genre that everyone thinks they know and make it new and make it fresh. And I think, you know, the, the new Walker has been able to do that in a really cool way with what Jared's done with his show. And now taking it back to the 1870s, we're able to do that all over again um, and sort of be in the universe, but, but very much our own, our own entity. Did you, were you watching a lot of Walker? Did you have to watch a lot of Walkers to, to sort of get ready for this? I mean, did you even audition for this prequel? So guys, oh, if yeah. you're listening, she's obviously doing this <laughs> prequel to the show Walker that Jared Padalecki is on, and she's doing the prequel, which takes place in the 1800s. Now, I'm thinking this is the season season three of Walker. I think so, yeah. So it's that successful where all of a sudden they're like, let's do a prequel. I mean, Smallville yeah. was super successful. Why didn't they do a prequel? I guess we were the prequel because it was Smallville <laughs> was before they became Superman. But that's yeah, that exactly. shows a lot of uh, a lot of love for the show. Oh, absolutely. And what's what's what I get a kick out of is you know, as far as the CW goes, the last time I spoke to you, I was playing Stephen Amell's daughter, Twenty Years in the Future, right. and now in some other alternate universe, I'm playing Jared Padalecki's great 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 grandmother. And I wow. just, I think it's wonderful. <laughs> There's some multiverse where, you know, that exists. And if someone can explain to me that history, I'll take it. <laughs> Did you watch every episode of Walker to prepare? Have you seen all the seasons, every episode? Like just to, not that it matters because you're before it. Yeah. So you don't really have to pay attention to anything. <laughs> if it was me, I would be like, this doesn't relate to me. I'm, I'm, I'm before this. Well, no, similarly to, you know, when I when I jumped onto Arrow, I watched all six, at that point, six seasons that were in existence oh, to sort of see so what Stephen and what Emily had done to create that relationship and those characters to be, you know, the spawn thereof, right. of elicity, as it were. Um, but for this, I, I wanted to get a feel for the world and for what the Walker family represented. And so I did. I watched a good deal of it. And also, you know, 
being a massive Supernatural fan, and I'm Keegan Allen's one of my oldest friends in L.A. So, I love Keegan. You know, he was on a podcast. He was He's great. He's such a good dude. He's such yeah. a great. It it scares me when I meet people that are so kind that I'm like, are they really like that? Is he really yeah. that good of a dude? He is. Because I'm interviewing him, I'm like, I love you. <laughs> and and then I'm like, he can't be that sweet. There's got to be some catch. Yeah. But, there's but not. just in talking to, no, and I, I had a conversation with, you know, a couple of folks very early on. And the biggest thing that spoke to me about, you know, the Walker family and the Walker franchise is that there's so much love in it and there's so much kindness in it and just good people that want to make good television and tell good stories. And that to me is why I'm here in the first place. And so, you know, to, to be a part of something that has such goodwill surrounding it, it's, it's a real gift. Cause as you know, we spend the majority of our lives, you know, 17 hour days slogging through whatever it is doing what we love. Yeah. But if you don't love the people you work with, it, it's an extra bit of effort and it just, it yeah. makes, it makes those days on set and all the hard work that every single person on set pours into it mean that much more when you love the people too. Do you notice when actors always say, you know, the hours that they work, it always gets longer and longer. It's like, I, we work 12 hours a day. We work 14. We're working 24 hours a day. <laughs> we work so hard, but the, yeah. the hours are long, especially in the beginning when you're shooting a series. I mean, what are your hours on the prequel and how many episodes have you done so far? We've only done one so far. We haven't gone back. We just got our series pickup and we're at Upfronts and did the whole thing, um, which was very exciting. But our hours, because most of our being, you know, a show that shoots outside, being an 1870s Western, most of our days are daylight dependent. So it's a lot of, and for, you know, for folks who aren't in this industry, um, you know, that means when the sun goes down, we're done for the day. Is that true? We can't do anything more. There's very few night shoots. Yeah, very it's few all... night shoots. We had, we had one or two days. I mean, that's a huge testament too, to, to Larry Tang, who was our director of this pilot, who uh, laid out, we had eight days to shoot this thing. And he did the whole thing in uh, eight or nine days. I forget because it all blurs together. But he laid out this massive undertaking and made it a dream of a process by just the way that he was able to put the days together and the way that they were able to shoot things between our first AD, our director of photography and him. It was, it was honestly such a dream. I'm so, so happy that we're keeping this family together and taking it to series. And this is the, is this the second time on a series you've had a lead role? Yeah, it is. This is uh, Shadowhunters was the first time I was sort of thrust into this position at 19 years old, not doing what I'm doing. But that that show taught me how to make television because I was surrounded by such an incredible cast and such an incredible crew of people that, you know, were kind and amazing artists, but also willing to show me the ropes as someone who wanted to learn. Um, and now you know, having those examples and and getting to watch Steven for a couple of years and getting to sort of work on a few other sets, going into another show as, I mean, I, I play make-believe for a living. Am I really an adult? I don't know. But as, as an adult on paper, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, it's, it's nice to be able to try and bring some of that um, synergy and that, that family idea to, to a new show. I mean, you're the lead, right? <laughs> I am I am Abigail Walker. I mean, so, so it's the show is on your shoulders. So if it fails, <laughs> it's your fault. Thanks, Rosie. No, no, Thanks no. No, but honestly, <laughs> is, is, is that I guess my point was that I mean, I know you could handle it, but you know, we've talked about this in the past and I want to get into it again, but cuz you you don't really stress a lot. 
did you think now that you have a lead role in this other series and it's very demanding and you're Abigail Walker, is it, do you feel any of the load? Do you feel the stress? Do you feel the, any anxiety? Are you getting, or are you doing all right? I, I'm doing all right. I would, I would say, I always think of it as a responsibility at more than a, a stressor or a pressure because, you know, obviously there is a lot riding, you know, for lack of a better horse pun <laughs> yeah. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. on this show and on this character. And, and there's a lot of expectation for it, but those are the sort of jobs that I love because it is a challenge and it is something that it forces me to rise to the occasion. Not that I wouldn't attempt to anyway, but it's exciting to to be a part of a story that people want to see and that people are anticipating and they're excited to be a part of and excited to tell the story. And, you know, between the, Abigail Walker is one thing and she's a fantastic character and I'm, I'm so grateful and so lucky to get to play her, but she's not the only fantastic character in this story. You know, that's something that, that drew me to the script in the first place is that every single character, you, you look at them on the surface and you meet them for the first time and you think you know who they are and you think you know what you're going to get out of them. And then suddenly they present something entirely different that, you know, it takes all of these tropes that we know and love of Westerns and reinvents them and re-examines them and goes, well, this is what we know, but is that how the West actually was? And maybe there's more to the story. Is it complicated? Is it challenging on set to do? I mean, what are they asking you to do? What things can you tell me that you've done? Like in this pilot, <laughs> you're obviously riding horses. Yes, I'm riding horses. There's horses, there's shotguns, there's a 20-pound dress, there's a corset, there's, you know, and, and you know, the heavy emotional trauma of having your, you know, as we see from the trailer, having your husband murdered in the first, you know, X amount of minutes of the pilot. That's what happens? Uh, yeah. That's, well, you see that, you know, as, as we start, as you get to see the trailer, you, uh, Abigail Walker has set off with her husband into what she's assuming is going to be a fresh start and a new life out West. Um, she's from Boston and she and her husband have decided to take this journey. He's, you know, meant to be the sheriff and she is going to help him start this new life. Um, but her, you know, her entire, within the first X number of minutes of the show, her entire life, her entire world is torn apart and she is forced to, start anew. And, and for a woman in the 1870s to be on her own and have nothing and no one and be a complete stranger in not only a new town, but a new world of the West, it's, it's daunting. But it takes a character like Abigail Walker, who has the education and the strength and the tenacity and the willingness to go you know what? No, I'm not going to let this defeat me. I'm going to embrace this. And she takes on this agency that you don't see a lot in women of that time. And she's also surrounded by a cast of characters, men and women alike, who recognize that agency and who give her the opportunity to exhibit that and to exert that in this new world. And it's such an exciting story to tell because it is so uncommon for a Western. There is no shrinking violet. There is no damsel in distress. There is no cowboy who cannot be beaten. There is no character that is truly good. There is no character that is truly bad. There is all shades of gray. And that's the most exciting thing is that no one comes out of the West unscathed. Is there some dark shit? There's some really dark stuff. Really? It's, we, we, we don't shy away from it. I mean, and that's what you get when you get, you know, a writer like Seamus and you get a director like Larry and you get this world where 
I mean, we saw it with the pilot of Walker. You know, you saw what Jared's character went through in the pilot of that show within the first 15 minutes. It's, they don't shy away from putting these characters through. I mean, you saw what happened to Matt Barr's character at the end of his season of Walker. There's a reason that he's now on our show right. and not still on that one. You know, his the characters go through things. People die. Things change. The world is shattered. Right. You know, wagons go up in flames. And... You're left with the ashes and having to rebuild. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out. And it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here. Have been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp, when you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. Inside of you is brought to you by Rocket Money. I love Rocket Money. You know why? Because everyone should have Rocket Money because it just helps you save money. How many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money? It's just throwing away money, Ryan. I, I found one. You And you did it. You told I me. Found, I got Rocket Money. Okay, I found one. It, I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God, it was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming, dev- uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. 
All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. God, it's got to be so cool. My friend Troy Rudolph, he's, he lives in, um, where does he live now? Who gives a shit? Uh, no, he, he, no, he lives in uh, Oregon, uh, Portland. Yeah, he lives in Portland. But he's, uh, he's just, God, I'm so jealous. I want to be in a Western. Had, had you ever been in a Western or anything like this before? No. Was it just no, totally like, did you have to, your mannerisms, are they are they sort of too modern? And sometimes they say, oh, you're very today. We have to, you have to, <laughs> is it, you have to learn how to be from that time period, right? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting for me. I grew up doing ballet. I grew up, you know, doing theater. So I'm very used to kind of figuring out different eras as it were. And, you know, everyone calls me grandma anyway. I, I knit, I bake, and I drink scotch. I'm basically an 85-year-old in a 26-year-old's body. It's just sort of who I am. Um, yeah. But it, it, it did take a bit of adjusting because, again, as you know, most of my characters in the last few years have been, you know, leather jackets, jeans. Kicking boots. ass. Yeah, you know, swords and arrows and kicking butt, not, you know, corset and a bustle and a giant skirt and being a Bostonian educated lady. Yeah. How long does it take you to get dressed in these dresses? How long does it take to put one of these things on? It, it doesn't take long. I, I have to give a huge shout out to the wardrobe team on our pilot. They built and found and sourced all of these amazing different pieces. My dress was built from, from head to toe. The, the first fitting I had, it was a bolt of fabric and a corset. And then by the time we got to set, it was all of these layers. But um, it's the first time I've actually had to have help getting dressed in the morning on set. And it's a very different, it's a different world. But I... I sort of love it. You know, they, they gave me the option to not wear the corset and to just kind of cheat here and there. You will, for comfort, eventually. As it were. Yeah, eventually you'll say no corset. Everyone says that, but I got to say, it's it's a different posture and it forces you to stand differently and move differently and hold yourself differently. And ah. I'm a big fan of that. You know, it's the same with, with Arrow when you put on the super suit and you zip up that, you put on the hood and the mask or with shadow hunters, when we put on all the tattoos every day, or, you know, when I did the stand and I dyed my hair pink, there's a, there's a difference and there's kind of a mask that you put on and you sort of go, Oh no, that's the separation of, of me and, Abby and me and this person and that person. And it, it just puts you in it more. Who are you really enjoying working with or who, who are most of your scenes with in this prequel? Uh, I, I was lucky because getting to be sort of the audience's eyes coming into the town of independence, Texas and, and sort of entering this world. There's a, one of my favorite parts of the pilot is there's this series of scenes where Abigail meets every character for the first time. And you sort of get to see little glimmers of what these relationships could be and how diverse and, and vast this town is and how many different kinds of people have all settled here. And that's 
that's, I think, the most beautiful thing that's sort of perhaps the biggest allegory for our world today that has to do with this story is that the West is all about people coming together and either fighting each other or working together to survive. Right. And there's a very clear choice. And it's very clear in the West because it's a very distinct, archaic world in a lot of ways. But each person that comes to Independence Texas has to choose, am I going to be a part of this community? Am I going to cooperate? Am I going to make friends or am I going to make enemies? And yeah. how how will that best serve me moving forward? You worked with Mark Shepard, right? I did. How was that? What a treat. What a treat. Did he, did he have the English accent or did he put a Southern accent on? Uh, he gets a little bit Texan in our show. Does he get a little Texan? Do, do you get a little Texan? Do you, uh, do you have a little draw? This is the hardest thing for me, perhaps, about this show, because I, I was born in the South. And so when I first learned to talk, I had a Southern accent. I'm not allowed to use it for this show. Why is that? Because I'm from Boston. I'm from Boston in the 1870s. And so even, even the Boston accent, as we know it today, didn't quite exist yet. So Pack your cat you know, and have it yet. Yeah, exactly. I can't even, you know, can't even go have that kind of fun. Right. And then everyone else around me is getting all Texas and I can't. I can't participate in that either. So it's it's a it's a very it's a good exercise for me, and I appreciate it. By the way, you, you say that you know, I mean, look, you picture I picture you as not someone who's really edgy, the most edgy person. But as you get older, as I've talked to you over the years, now I'm seeing tattoos on you. Did you always have those <laughs> tattoos? Not always. I don't remember if I had these last time we. What do they say? What are they? This one. This one's my probably my favorite one. It says "Not Fragile." Ah. Oh. It's um. My my boxing coach, uh, he was one of our stunt coordinators on Shadow Hunters. He's the man who taught me how to fight. Um, he used to always tell me that, um, and it it was a phrase that I found out later on meant a lot more to him than I ever realized. Um, and he's since passed. And oh, uh, yeah, he was gone far too soon. And he was a very very good man um, and taught me everything I know. Uh, I love him dearly, but it's just a little reminder of him and just as a kind of a thank you to everything that he gave me. That's beautiful. I like that. What's the other tattoo? Oh goodness. Um, that's I drink whiskey. Well, this- Is that what it says? No, no. <laughs> I mean, it should. It at this should. Point. Cause you do. Yeah. Um, God, so many. Um, this one is a, it's a replica of a necklace that my grandfather gave me when I was 16. It's the attitude meter of an airplane. Cause he, he built an airplane in his retirement and got his pilot's license and did all this. And when I was 16, he wrote me this beautiful card um, and said, you know, as long as you keep your wings straight, you'll be fine. And so I just moved away from home and it just, they're all, all of my tattoos are just little reminders of the people that I love and the things in my life that I, that are very important to me. Um, I always make myself wait a year before I get any, any new tattoo because then at least I know if I still want it after a year. That's smart. It's I'll very smart. I'll probably be okay. Yeah. 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 It's hard though. It's hard. Who was the, uh, who told you when Walker was picked up, the prequel was picked up? Who called you? I actually was on a plane when it happened. And so I didn't get a phone call. I was flying home from a, uh, a Comic-Con in, um, Birmingham, actually. And I landed and my phone exploded. And I was getting all of these text messages of, where are you? What's going on? Why haven't we oh, heard from Jesus. you? From everybody. So from dramatic. My family, from the cast, from my team. Everybody's like, 
what's wrong? Because they know, they know we, we'd all been anticipating this news and we were all waiting and to kind of see, we didn't know when and if we would know. <laughs> and I had, my phone was just, I had to play catch up and I didn't even know what the news was. Who, so where, what was it that, where it, 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 you knew that, hey, I got this. Was it a text I, message that you knew? You're like, oh, this is it. it we have a chat with Larry. Um, we have a little a little group text of like the guest and and Larry, our director, because he's been he's been dad to all of us kids throughout this right. whole process. And it was one of the most transparent directors I've ever worked with. And I've never been more grateful. Um, but he, you know, when I saw that there were 75 messages and most of them with positive uh, messages as opposed to, you know, crying emojis. Right, right, um, right. bottles of champagne as opposed to tears. I, I sort of put the pieces together. That's amazing. And did they just pick it up for one season at a time? It's just like, hey, you're picked up for the, the, the full season. Yeah, well, we didn't know. Um, I don't even know if we have official official word as to how many episodes we're doing and sort of all of that. But we found out that, you know, we got the we got season one and we're going to Upfronts and which we just came back from. And that was that was a really cool experience to sort of get to be there with, you know, the CW family and, and see all the execs that I've known from Arrow. And as I'm sure, you know, all of those folks incredibly well. Um, and see Jared and Jensen and have, you know, us and the, the Walkers you. and the Winchesters yeah. and all of us kind of getting to do our new thing and, and be the next generation. It's it's really beautiful. That's amazing. I mean, how with all you're so busy, you're always since I started talking <laughs> to you, it's like, God, how does this girl do it? How does this woman do it? I'm like, how do you how do you date? How do you have time for personal relationships or anything like that? Do you have time to date? Do you have time to have, I mean, are you dating someone? Are you talking to someone? Are you interested in someone? You find time, you find time to have those, <laughs> you know, to, to have a personal life and to, you know, when, when the person you find it's, it's funny. I've it's something that I've learned in the last several years, especially with shadow hunters and arrow and this and everything else and comic cons and you know, the life we live. Yeah you find those moments of personal life that are just simple that are mean so much. Yeah. And you know, when the, when the people mean a lot to you, like family, like someone you're dating, it, it's, it's easy to find those pockets of time because you just do it. Really? It just seems like it'd be so hard. Like you're always out somewhere else in another state and another country. You're in London right now, right? Yeah. What are you doing I mean, in look, London? I I sleep well on international flights, you know that. <laughs> I uh, I I do really well. I no, I'm I'm lucky because I'm tiny and I can curl up into a into a corner and you know sleep even in the in the worst of coach flights. Right. Um, yeah. But, you know, wait, it, wait, wait, wait! You're not taking coach anymore. Oh yeah. You still coach it up? Oh yeah. How often? Oh, most of the time. Not on if the I'm, studio's dime. Well, not on the studio. I mean, look, you know, there's there's union rules that. But, you know, there's they take very good care of us when right. it's for work, which is lovely. And yeah. I'm so grateful for that. But I don't know. I was never used to anything like that before. So, you know, might as well just I'm perfectly fine curling up in coach. Do you get do you get noticed a lot? Do people come Sometimes. up to you? Yeah, it's it always surprises me. And I um, it happens more when I have red hair than when I have blonde hair. I like the blonde um, hair. Thank you. I do. I dig it. I'm digging it. Thank you. A little yeah. bit of a little bit of arrow leftovers. Um, 
but no, I'll be I'll be back red soon because Abby's a ginger and you know we we lean full tilt into that, which I think there might be some fun Irish Bostonian things we might be having the opportunity to explore yeah, nice. later down the line. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. So you, you don't mind flying coach. You could easily do it. Yeah. Really? You don't splurge and say, you know, it's on my dime. I'm going to go first class. So you, you kind of, you're a little cheap. Be honest. Sometimes I do. I mean, look, <laughs> you know, there's, I, frequent flyer miles are a beautiful thing. And when you can upgrade, oh, you upgrade. Yes, yes. That's great. But I'm, I don't know. I'm not, I'm generally not a very. You're down to earth is what person. you are. You're down to earth. I'm from Missouri. You know, from Missouri, yeah, girl. I'm, I'm a country girl at heart, you know. Can take a girl out of the Midwest, but she's always going to end up back in a Western. That's true. That is very true. <laughs> uh, do you miss me a smoke? I do. 100%. You do? And I do. And it's one of those things that I got it. I got the opportunity to go back and, and pick her up again on the flash last year. For the, they did this big Armageddon event where they brought in a bunch of fun characters as the world was ending, as it always is somewhere in the CW-verse. And it was actually quite emotional because... Um, you know, Green Arrow was one of the last jobs I did before the pandemic, um, barring the stand and a few other things. And getting to go back to the, you know, Vancouver Film Studios and put on the suit again. And it, it was such kind of a bookmark of, it felt like home. And it was the first time that in two and a half years of abnormal and weird and unknown environment that we'd all been living in, I just felt normal again. I felt like I was home. Can you just jump into that character again, Mia? Can you just jump right into it without thinking? Can you go from Abigail Walker to Mia? Probably. And I think it's just because I know there's characters that you just know when you live in their skin for years. They're just a part of you. And and that's that's what I find exciting. That's why I love doing television. That's why I keep coming back to it. Would you do, uh, so you don't mind guest starring. You'll always go back to be a guest star. You'll do whatever if you like it. Oh, yeah. Just put that green arrow signal in the sky and I'll come a running. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Do you think you'll go back to it? Do you think they'll bring you back as Mia? I would hope so. I mean, I'm not dead. You know, I'm not dead on a slab yet. So right. I'm hoping. And plus, my brother's still missing. It's a whole thing. Like, right. the, there's, I gotta I gotta find the other Elicity baby. You know what I mean? There's like, there's, you know, can't have wanton queen children running around the Arrowverse. <laughs> do you get paid for doing if you do like Batwoman, Flash, and Supergirl all in one episode, like you're crossing over? Do you get paid your salary in each for each show? I don't remember. There's some. There's I'm, I'm interested in, the in knowing that. Yeah. Where it? Yeah. There's there's some way that they 
accounted for it in the contract where it was like fair to everyone, which I'm fine with, you know, as I'm, I mean, I'm, you know me, I'm an economist, I'm a businesswoman at heart, but as long as it's fair, I'll, you know, I'll take it. You'll take it. What about, uh, you know, the spinoff? I think we talked about it. Maybe did we talk about it before? Probably briefly. Cause they were, it was briefly, you know, they were, they, it was called green arrow and the, and the cranberries. No. And the canaries. That was it. <laughs> and the canaries. And, the canaries. Yeah. and uh, it was a spinoff of arrow and it didn't go. Now this seems odd to me because it seems like everything you touch goes works. All right. Now how Not do everything. you, but how do you deal with rejection? How do you deal with that? Were you just kind of like, or was that a kind of a, was that a sting? Did it hurt? That was hard, you know, again, because it's Mia and it's a character that I love so much. And, and, you know, we all worked so hard on that pilot and it's, that was such a, uh, you know, it was such a journey. We all say that, but it was in between Crisis on Infinite Earths and the series finale of Arrow. We shot a backdoor pilot for this spinoff and somehow our crew was so incredible and they pulled it together and the writers and everyone was stretched so thin and made a pilot that was great and people really seemed to love it and we loved it and it was very well received. But it's just one of those things that you have to trust in the universe that if it's meant to be yours, it will be. And if it's not, there's something else out there for you. And I feel, I mean, as much as I would have loved to do that show and, and I still would love to continue Mia's journey moving forward. The fact that I, that Mia still exists in the world and I have a new story to tell with a new character that is equally as challenging and interesting and, and complex it's really exciting. Yeah. I can't complain. No. Did they let you see the pilot? I've seen bits of it. So I've they, seen bits you, of it. Really? So what, aren't you curious yeah. that you want to see the whole thing? I do want to see it. Watching myself isn't my favorite thing. Really? Wait a minute. No. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. You don't like watching yourself. I don't. I don't love it. I like it for the learning experience of it. You know, I, I, I can enjoy it for the story, but I... I always want to, I always think there's room to, to improve and to learn from things you've done. And, and there's ways that you can keep pushing yourself to be better. And, you know, being the perpetual student that I am, I tend to see those things more than other things at times. Yeah. Um, but that's just part of it. And I've made my peace with it. You know, I've been doing this for years now. I've made my peace with the fact that, yeah, that's not the most comfortable thing for me, but I would rather be a little bit uncomfortable and get to enjoy everyone's work and what we put so hard in and in celebrating that together, then avoid it entirely just because of something in my head. Do you watch the episodes of um, Green Arrow that you were in and all the Batwoman, the crossovers? Do you watch every episode that you're in? I do because I try and live tweet. It's something uh, I love. We, we started doing that with Shadowhunters and I just, I fell so in love with that process because it's, maybe it's the theater actor in me. I don't know. But getting to see the live reaction of folks on Twitter as things happen and things that we've kept so secret and hidden and worked so hard to curate so specifically as they hit the screen, then the internet kind of blows up in its own little way and, and people are excited or they're happy or they're upset or they're sad or they're scared or whatever it is. It's just nice to be able to share that and then to drop little behind the scenes things and have those conversations live with with the viewers. It's fantastic. Yeah, I want to know though what you look at, what you see when you watch yourself. What is it that you <laughs> what is it that like, you know, I'll watch myself and I go, "Oh, yeah. dude. Gosh, your head's enormous." God, what is that? Is that a zit? Are you too old for a zit? How do you have a zit on your chin? 
Oh yeah. God, why'd you? I'm hard on myself too. But yeah. do you do that, or can you can you honestly sit back? Because sometimes I'll go, hey, you look pretty good. Hey, <laughs> yeah. that's good lighting. That must be really good lighting. Congrats on the lighting team. But do you look at yourself, and it's hard to watch you because you you know you, your choices, or you don't like how you look, or how hard on you, are you on yourself, and what is it you're hard on? That doesn't I, sound it, right. It depends. It really depends, and it you know it's one of those things that it's it's depends on the scene or the day or the choice or the the lighting or whatever it is. And you know, I I think a lot of it is thinking back through what my process was and going, wait, I was trying to figure out what take it is. I think it's the the nerd in me. I'm trying to be like, was that that take or was that that take? And did I make this choice or where was my head when I was doing that? Or right. or it's just. Why did you, why do you make that face when you feel that thing? I don't know. Sure. Go for it. Maybe not the best choice, but you know, maybe don't make that choice next time. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you make faces and go, uh, what if it's a a face that you really, a a reaction that was real and most people see it as a real reaction, but you don't like the look of how you reacted. Well, if it's real, then I can't argue with it. You can't argue with it. Then that's, that's what I've, that I'm doing my job, you know? (laughs) Um... (laughs) Honestly, I've made a fool of myself enough on camera in the course of my life. I'm I'm not bothered by looking silly in did you, front did, of a did, bunch of people. Did you watch you watched Walker <laughs> Pilot, right? You watched that. I've seen bits and pieces of it. Bits yeah. and pieces. I would demand. Yeah. I am the lead of this show. I will watch it when I want to. I am the leader. And by the way, do is it is it a lot of, you know, cuz you did it on um Shadowhunters, but to be the leader, I mean, is there something that you go into every day, no matter if you're feeling down or you're feeling whatever, that you go into positive? Is there something you think about like, hey, I'm the leader here. I have a responsibility. I've got to change my attitude or I've got to think about things differently. I think that's part of it. You know, and if it's if there's anything I've learned from from watching other people in this position and, and from being in the position myself, it's you have a responsibility not only to you know play the character, but also to be the example on set. And and be the example of how you want the set to run and what what environment do you want to work in and what environment do you want the people around you that you care about to be working in? And do you want that to be a positive, collaborative environment or do you want that to be a different kind of environment? And it's your choice every day. And now, granted, as an actor, I control nothing and I can do nothing except put forth my best efforts to be a team player and to be a cog in the machine and make everyone's job easier in any way that I can, because, you know, as actors, our jobs are made about as easy as they possibly can be. Um, given that, you know, we, we have a chair to sit in and we have someone who lays out our clothes and helps us put on our corset in the morning and makes sure we don't have stuff in our face unless we're supposed to, you know, and, and make sure we're lit well and the cameras and the, you know, we we're given a piece of tape to stand on and someone's there to make sure we're fed and know where the bathroom is and all of that stuff. I want one of those every day. Right. Of my life. I want somebody to dress me. I want somebody to say, hey, you know, fix me up. (laughs) I want somebody to tell me what to do. Maybe that's a wife. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It (laughs) would certainly make life so much easier. Yeah. Um, But but there's something to that where being in that position, you have new people coming in every day who, whether they're new actors or a, a day player in some other department, and everyone's there and you interact with most people on set every day. So if you can make someone's day a little bit easier or put a smile on their face or, you know, do or say something silly that makes them laugh. Why not? 
Where do you film, Walker? We shot the pilot in uh, New Mexico. Is that where it's going to film now, or? I think so. I mean, again, I'm an actor. Do you I don't like know New Mexico? Do you want to film there? Is it? I mean, it's kind of away from everybody. It is, but I sort of like being on location when it comes to diving into a series yeah. because you really get to build the family. Um, and we have a great cast. Everyone is so fantastic. It's it's uncanny how well we all just clicked from day one. Wow. And it's such such a gift, especially on a project like this where you're working long hours and you're covered in dust and there's wind and there's everything all day long. You're doing such emotional stuff where you really have to dive in head first with, you know, on a pilot, a group of practical strangers, uh, especially in the COVID era when chemistry reads are done on Zoom and you really don't get to meet until you're in it and you're working together. Um, it's, it's such a dream and New Mexico is such a beautiful, magical place. And it does have to work for us. And, and that's, that's part of Walker and that's part of Walker independence in particular is that the town is a character. And so we get to Mm. really use the environment around us in every way. And Larry really leaned into that as well in the way that, you know, he shot it with, yeah, we're not going to shy away from the wind or the dust or the sun or any kind of harshness of this environment. Sounds like hell. part of it. That's going to get old, though. Don't you think that's going to get old? It's really nice and it's go, oh, it's so real. And then episode 18, you're like, good Lord, enough with the dust. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) That's what I would be doing. But also... Why not have a challenge? I guess. I mean, how many, uh, when will it air? Do you know? I think fall. Fall. I know we're on Thursdays. That the, the CW did their big schedule announcement, and we were part of that. Um, well, then you have to start but, shooting. Yeah. I think we start pretty soon. I'm not sure exactly when, but Jeez. again, this is all all brand new information all brand for the new. last and couple you, of weeks. And you don't know how many episodes yet? I don't know that there's been an official stamp on it. So I don't want to speak out of turn. Right. You know, I, I'm still new. You're I gotta, still- I gotta, gotta stay put. I'm not, you know, I'm not Jared. I'm not executive producer. <laughs> well, well, you will be when they do a prequel to Abigail uh, Walker. Uh, there you go. The Shadow Hunters. Uh, how many episodes did you do that a year? We did our first season was thirteen, and then we did. Um, 20 and 20 and then we did a, a two episode series finale so all in all 55 episodes you see how though you could remember i know you can when you did 13 episodes how much nicer that was and easier and you had a bigger break and it wasn't as but when you do 20 episodes you're there for eight nine months and it's yeah. pretty taxing it's not you know it's not easy people say <laughs> being an actor is so easy and we're just but it, it's not it's not like it's not no. a glamorous job really no, I mean, look, I've I've had You're like you say about the dust and the wind. I might get, you know, you you say that it might become a challenge. But remember, I've been covered in blood and dust. <laughs> you and, have, you know, you slime have. and all sorts of stuff for the last seven eight years. I'm used to it. I love it. I love being in the trenches. I yeah. love being. My favorite days on set are being head to toe covered in blood, mud, sweat, and tears. Gosh, you're a rarity. In the trenches. Yeah. So bring on the dust and the wind. All we are is dust and the... Do you remember that song? Do you remember that? (laughs) I would hope so. I mean, you're you're 26 now. Uh Uh-huh. Far more mature than I'll ever be at 26. No. Yep, you are. Uh, The new Shadowhunters podcast. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm joining your world now. What do you mean? 
The podcast world. Oh, the podcast world. Yes, yes, yes. Who approached you about this? So I started talking to uh, one of our producers um, at, at this company called Propagate about creating content and what else we could do working together just during the pandemic. What else can I do being a creative, someone who wants to be a multi-hyphenate, how can I get involved? And one of our producers turned to me and went, you did the show Shadowhunters and you seem to have a really big fan base for it. Like there's a, there's a really big fandom that's still very active. I went, oh, you have no idea. Um, And she said, well, what if you were to do a podcast? Maybe, you know, rewatching episodes or interviewing people. Hmm. And, and we started talking and developing it. And, and I reached out to Dom and said, Dom Sherwood, who played Jace, my love interest on the show. I reached out to him and said, Hey, would you want to go on this walk down memory lane? Would you want to go back and rewatch and, and bring on some of the rest of the shadow fam and interview people and discuss this? And, and he was totally on board because this fandom is so incredible. And I know we've talked about it at length before, but you know, they've, they've done so many incredible things over the years and taken the show beyond or taken the, the fandom beyond us and beyond the show and beyond our characters and the story and created this beautiful community. And, you know, for me, Shadowhunters was age 19 to 23. It was such a formative part of my life and being able to look back on it now and relive that and see where all of the people that were so instrumental in that process are now and the amazing things they've done and be able to kind of continue to celebrate that family. It's really, really a wonderful experience. Return to the Shadows mm-hmm. with Dominic Sherwood and Catherine McNamara. Indeed. Wow. When does this, is it already going? It is, yeah. We've started releasing episodes. I think we have about, I want to say seven or eight episodes out already. Really? Yeah. And so what do you do? Do you go back and watch the episode and then talk about it? So we alternate. So Dom and I will go through and the two of us will do a rewatch of an episode where we basically break down when the episode was shot, who directed it, who wrote it, what the synopsis is, and then kind of talk about it and share as many little tidbits Tidbits, and stories and all the stuff we've never been able to talk about before, basically. Would you go back Uh, to, uh, would you go back to the shadows? Would you go back to shadow hunters if they did like a TV movie or they wanted to do another season, uh, in a heartbeat. Really? In an absolute heartbeat. Yeah. You loved it that much. Uh, there's not much. Is there anything that you don't love or didn't like filming or didn't like working on without, t- you don't have to tell me, but has there ever been something that you're like, oh, I wouldn't do that again? Um, maybe. I mean, there's things that have been more difficult than others, but not because of the story or because of the character or, or you know, mostly because of the people I worked with. It's it's all, I've been very lucky in that m- the majority of the experiences that I've had in this industry have been wonderful and learning experiences and, and things that I would go back to and people that I would go back to. I mean, maybe I'm just a stubborn optimist, but yeah. <laughs> I love what I do. Yeah, I um, wish I had then, that attitude. You know, so we'll, yeah, and so with the podcast, we'll do an episode of that, and then we'll alternate it with bringing on someone, whether it's a cast member or a director or a designer or something that that played a, a part in the show. And usually we try and pair that with the episodes. And so it kind of gives us a chance to not only relive the episodes, and, and there's some folks that are watching the show for the first time right. with our podcast, which is exciting. Um, but then we also get to, to give a little more in-depth and give 
other folks a chance to tell their stories and share their perspective. And it's it's been really fascinating to get to talk to people that we know so well and hear stories we've never heard before. When you get busy with Walker, though, how are you going to have time to do that? Because I don't need much sleep, Michael. How many hours of sleep do you sleep? How many hours of sleep do you sleep? <laughs> Uh, I, I generally on average get about four to six a night, but that's all I've ever needed. How do you have no, I know you're no bags under your eyes, unless this is just perfect lighting, but yeah, you're, you don't need a lot of sleep. You can go four to six hours and you're, you have a ton of energy for the next 15 hours. Yeah. That's, that's how I function best. I mean, I can function on less sleep and have but <laughs> to, to be at my best. That's that's what I try. And, and you're learning them. lines pretty quickly. Like you could learn them in a night if you had to. It's a muscle for me. The more I do it, the more um, the further into a season I get, the the faster that process becomes. And I think it it becomes a rhythm, as you know. I mean, yeah. you know this. I don't have to tell you. Well, but making me. television becomes a rhythm, it does. and you kind of get into the machine, and you can just it's, become yeah. a part of that process. It's really hard in the beginning. It's like okay, it's like, oh, I got to learn this, and then you're not ready. And you just have to work at it. And then all of a sudden, by episode five, six, seven, you're like, okay, now I know this character. Now it's coming to me. It's easier. Yes, I agree with you on that. Yeah, you kind of just fall into it at a certain point. And um, it's, it's this is, again, why I love television. Because you play these characters for so long and you get to live in their skin. And they take on a physicality and a life and a space of their own. And it's it's exciting to get to build that and build those relationships and build that world and then just sort of set it free. Does Kat McNamara ever cry? Does she get emotional? Yeah. She does. Yeah. I mean, look, I've got, I'm, you know, I'm I'm a, a bleeding heart at best because I I don't know I I I care very deeply about the people and the things that I care about and and you know I, I'm I'm a very positive person but I'm not unfeeling right no I didn't I didn't mean it like that yeah <laughs> I just meant like are I you do cry I cry I cry uh, many yeah. things I mean, I'm not constantly but- crying. But half the time, the things I cried are happy things because really? I'm just a big old softie. You're yeah. a big old softie. Yeah. Um, the new Hallmark. I mean, I'll cry at a Hallmark what? commercial, you know? <laughs> Speaking of Hallmark, you did another Hallmark movie, right? Yeah, I Love did. Classified. Mm-hmm. And what's so different about this from other Hallmark movies? Hallmark took has been taking some big steps in the last couple of years with being more open and more you know, implementing more kind of diverse storylines into their, their films and their TV shows. And, and it's really beautiful to see, you know, them taking steps to, to meet the world that we live in today. Um, and I was, I read this script and I thought it was in the same way that Schitt's Creek did the whole, you know, love the wine, not the label sort of thing. They told a story about love and letting love surprise you and and being open to love in whatever way that comes, whether it be fixing, you know, some, some emotional damage within your family from the past or being open to romance for the first time or being open to dating someone you never even thought about dating and then ending up in a beautiful love story. Wow. Well put. Well put. I think you're maybe describing yourself too. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Hmm. Are you still tight with your folks? Yeah. Uh, yeah. My my family means a whole lot to me, and I um, I really, really, really love 
just the fact that um, I always talk about this, but I, I was raised in a family of so many women who never chose between career and family. It was never, you know, you, you, you could be anything you wanted to be and any combination of things you wanted to be if you were willing to, to put in the time and the energy and the work. And having that sort of open possibility presented to me from a very young age, I think was really beneficial. And so I'm, you know, I'm forever grateful for that, but surrounded by some really incredible, hardworking folks. Who's the first person who uh, texts you or calls you after maybe an episode of a television show that you're on or a movie you're doing? Uh, I usually will hear from, aside from like the cast that I'm working with, um, I usually hear from either my mom or my grandparents because they're so sweet. And are they, they in Missouri? Will... Are they in Missouri? Yeah. Do they have that accent? Do they have a Southern accent? Do they like, we really love what you were doing. Not quite Southern, but there, there's a Missouri character. Yeah. To, to a voice that I, I don't really have. Just I've Midwest, kind of, Midwest feel. It's, yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. Midwestern. But but I'll hear from them, and it's it's so great because nothing phases any of them. But it's been a lovely thing to see, you know, for, for someone who comes from a family of science and medical professionals, for them to get excited about this as a career and and as something, you know, with longevity and something that is a profession. And um and they get excited, especially about things like this. You know, if I'm doing a Western, they're so excited. Right. Do you ever seek approval? Is there someone that doesn't always give you that little, hey, you were really good, or you just kind of want to impress one day, you want to get a message from them, or is it, are they, you know, that are tough to please? I mean, I think I'm I'm my own harshest critic, ah, honestly. Yeah. Um, I mean, there have been those people in my life, but I don't know, something I think life has taught me in, in a myriad of ways is that you have to be okay with who you are and you have to know that in your own heart, you're doing what's right and you're doing what's true and you're making choices that are going to be good and, and be good for your life and make you happy. And as long as you're not hurting anyone else in that process, that's okay. Are you singing still? Are you still writing music? Bits and bobs. I mean, I've been busy. I've been busy doing other I've been things. busy. But, but write um, a song for Walker, the prequel. I guess you couldn't because, yeah. I mean, you could. Do they use well, modern music? Little, do they use kind of sort of modern music with the show or do they, is it? There's a little bit of both. There's a little, a little bit, bit of both. both. Okay. Actually, the music on the show is amazing between the score and the music choices that they've made. I mean, it's CW. They always make great music choices. It's such a huge part of what they do. But, um, but Larry, our director again, was so meticulous about music. And I think it's just, it's just great. I'm, I'm glad, you know, with what I've, what I've seen and what I've heard, it's, it really adds so much to the show. You even see it in the trailer. Um, but yeah, I've been doing little bits and I mean, even, that was something we loved so much about the podcast um, is that our, our friend Alex Kinsey, who's an incredible musician and an incredible uh, singer songwriter, he wrote our theme song and I got to sing on it. And it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's a podcast theme song. It's 20 seconds, but being back in the studio for 13 minutes recording, it was great. That's awesome. Yeah. It was, it sucks. Cause if you were here, I'd say, come sing on my album because we just recorded 14 new tracks and i'm like i really love the songs and you know i'd love for you to do some harmonies but you're not available you're not around i mean how could you do it you don't have time you're not in la next time next, next time. time if i have more of a heads up 
Let me know. Next album. I'll come do it. Next album. <laughs> All right, this is called Shit Talking with Cat McNamara. Oh, um, my. Who calls you Cat? Who calls you Catherine? Ooh, it depends. There's, it's funny because when I grew up in Missouri, um, everyone called me Catherine. I was always Catherine. Then I moved to New York and I was doing a show with Catherine Zeta Jones, and there were uh, two other Catherines so in the show as well. And one of the actors pulled me aside my first day and goes, there's too many Catherines here. You're going to be Katie Mac. So in New York, <laughs> Katie I'm Katie. Mac. Really? York, everyone calls me Katie or Katie Mac. Yeah. And then I moved to LA and I was working with someone and they went, I don't really like Katie. I'm going to call you Kat. And so then in LA, I've always been Kat. But it's, it's, it's wild because now there's certain people in my life that call me Catherine only. And my family calls me everything under the sun. And, and so I sort of just let people choose and it's, it's fun. All right, Katie I think Mac. it's a fun, yeah, you can call me, I like Katie Mac. Nobody Katie calls Mac. me Katie Mac anymore. All right, Katie Mac, we'll go with Claudine with Shit Talking with Kat McNamara. These are questions that my top tier patrons get to ask. If you want to join Patreon and support the podcast, patreon.com slash inside of you. I'll write you a message afterwards. Claudine, you, you kind of answer this question. Claudine says, how is it returning to the Arrowverse and playing Mia Green Arrow again? It was great. And and actually I can I can speak a little more to that in that um, you know, Eric and and all of the writers on Flash picked up right where we left off. I mean, a year later, as it were, but right where we would have left off. And it it felt as though I was reading an arrow script. It felt like Mia. It sounded like Mia. And Mia has such a very particular balance of brooding um anger and sarcasm <laughs> and it's a very hard balance to strike sometimes and not let it go too far either way and in reading the script it was it was it just felt right and i was so happy to just be home i love it lisa h what was it like portraying the character of julie lowry in the remake of the stand <laughs> such an iconic miniseries and novel and did you see the original miniseries prior to being cast if so how did you think they compared yeah, I I love the original miniseries. I mean, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Mick Garris came, who's the director of the original miniseries, worked on Shadowhunters back in the day. So I, I knew it quite well. And um, playing Julie, she's quite a polarizing character. And I was I was pretty nervous stepping into those shoes because I, I was hopeful to maintain that separation between self and the character, um, don't be a Julie. That's all I keep saying to people. But <laughs> just the fact that she is this personification of narcissism and hedonism and gets to have fun in a world where so many people are being so earnest and really fighting for humanity. Right. Julie's just living her best life covered <laughs> in fur and jewels and sequins <laughs> and drinking champagne and doing whatever else she's doing. Um, and I also, you know, to be surrounded with such incredible actors, like Nat Wolf was my partner in crime for the majority of it. Henry Zaga, I got to do some great stuff. Alex Skarsgård was in the majority wow. of, you know, the scenes that I was in. It was amazing did to you get, get to, to meet play Stephen? with those folks. Did you meet Stephen King? I didn't. And I'm so gutted. Oh, God, I'd love to meet Stephen King. Somebody got me his autograph once at a book signing, but that's it. He signed oh, wow. Pet Cemetery, I believe, for me. I have it up there, I think. Oh, that's awesome. Where is it? No, no one cares, Michael. Uh, Nico, what's the most common question you get when it comes to your character on Shadowhunters? 
Oh, um, I think I think the most common question I get is, uh, what what quality are you? Do you find most similar to to yourself and Clary? And um, you know, my answer to that is always uh, that that there's this loyalty that Clary has to the people that she loves, and this. Clary always had this beautiful willingness to find hope in every situation. And, and it wasn't the end unless there was always a way to figure it out. There was always a solution. There was always some glimmer and some ember of hope existing in who she was. And I, I find myself having that same quality. I could see that. I could see it. Bob K. What classic film would you remake and star in? Ooh, that's tough. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it would ever need remaking, but one of my favorite classic films of all time is Gilda with Rita Hayworth from 1946, I believe. Didn't see it. It's like the end of noir, and I just love Rita Hayworth so much. And maybe not remaking that film, but to do a film of that era and to, to bring noir back I would see be it. fantastic. I could see you doing it. Leanne, what is something people would be surprised to learn about you? Mm, um... Surprised to learn about me. I, that you have a, that you can just, you could just snap and just go off <laughs> no. on someone. No, no, no. No, I'm directionally challenged. Is that, is what, that surprising? What is, uh, so in other words, when someone's going to make a left, you'll go right. I just get, I have no sense of direction. Yeah, it's I'm not really great awful. with it. I'm not great with it. I know left and right and stuff like that, but I'm not great. I'm not great. Yeah, I'm I'm generally 180 degrees off consistently. If I if I have a feeling that it's left, it'll almost always be so right. So if I asked you where a certain country was, or so, you're probably not good with that stuff. I I would I'm geography I'm iffy with, but but you know if you ask me how to get somewhere, even if I've been there before, I'll probably get lost. But you know how I look at it, I always find the silver lining. You know this. I have a lot of adventures along the way. Good for you. That's a perfect <laughs> way to think. I like it. <laughs> Lena Ann, if you weren't an actress, what could you picture yourself doing for a living? So if if I could still be in the entertainment industry, I would probably direct. Um, I've been shadowing and learning and and dipping my toe in the water for the last couple of years, and, and it's something that I very much would like to do. Um, I also started writing during the pandemic, Good. which... I've, I've written, you know, nonfiction things over the years, but but writing and telling stories and doing things in that way, it's new, but I love it. Um, but if not, I would probably go back to economics. I, I before I was an actor, I wanted to go into developmental economics. Didn't you, yeah, didn't you yeah. try to? Get, didn't, weren't you going to get your master's degree from John Hopkins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took I took a bit of a sabbatical from that. Um, you know, during work. Right, right. I, I, I do want to finish that up. You do? You really want to finish yeah. that? I do. Look at you. I mean, you graduated high learn. school. You graduated high school when you were, what, 14? Uh-huh. You were homeschooled. And then you graduated with a college, I mean, with a degree, but by the time you were 17. Mm-hmm. That about wraps it up for today. <laughs> um, I, don't know. I love school. I love learning. I know. And I love, you, do, but... you know, I I just any any time I can learn or glean something from uh, an experience or a person or a book or anything, I I try and do it. That's what life's all about. What's your Instagram? 
at cat.mcnamara. And Twitter? Cat underscore McNamara. You know, I always tell this, but my uh, Instagram is the Michael Rosenbaum, but my Twitter, my name was too long, so it's at Michael Rosenbaum. They couldn't fit, them. <laughs> they couldn't fit an F and A in there, so it's Rosenbaum. Why not? Eh, Throw got, a pun in there. It's got character. Yeah. Yeah. Katie Mack, this has been great. I love, it's been a long time coming. I'm glad I got to talk to you finally. You look fantastic. Your attitude makes me want to have a better attitude. It does. Well, good. You just have I a hope. great attitude towards everything in life. And it's just like, I, I, you know, we should all wake up and, and, and you know, act like you do and, and do the things that you do to get motivated and have the gratitude and all these things. I feel like you're very grateful and you're very hardworking and you deserve everything you get. Oh, thank you. I mean, and, and you're right. That's what it comes down to for me. It's, I'm I'm grateful. I, I feel very fortunate and, and very humbled by, you know, the, the opportunities that um, life has put in front of me, you know, whether it's the people I get to work with and the stories I get to tell and the people I get to meet along the way. Um, and it's, I, if I can wake up every day and remember that gratitude and be excited to do whatever it is that I have to tackle that day makes it all the better what's the uh, walker prequel called the walker prequel is called walker independence walker independence will probably air you're hoping in the fall so you guys mm-hmm. tune into that it'll be on the cw mm-hmm. any further questions i would direct to jared padalecki no jared i don't, don't want to throw him under the bus yeah, like you can throw him under the bus i'll call him <laughs> no I'll call i mean him he's my time. grandson he's got to help a grandma out <laughs> You know, <laughs> he's got to help his great, 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 great grandma out. <laughs> Katie Mac, like, I, I appreciate you. What were you going to say? I said, oh, he makes a great, 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 great grandma proud. Yeah, good, 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 good. Uh, thanks for doing this. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're busy. I love you. I wish the best for you. All the best to you. Bye. Bye. See ya. She's just very likable. Yeah. And also just busy. I've never on, met anyone that busy. On her shit. She's on her shit. I mean, talk about someone who doesn't get anxiety, really. I mean, we, we talked about things, but um, she's she's a rare breed. Yeah, She just goes and works so hard, and uh, it pays off. Um, people like her. They like her. I like her. Did you like her? I like her, too. Yeah, good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank everybody again for listening to the podcast and sticking with us. I know you're here for Kate, uh, Catherine McNamara. Jeez. Keep sticking around uh we appreciate it watch on youtube there's also youtube clips uh you can listen anywhere you get your podcasts and um write a review it it tremendously helps the podcast when you write a review uh and join patreon patreon.com slash inside of you also thank you for listening to talkville Mm. our new podcast that ryan's a part of Mm -hmm. and uh we just keep getting through these episodes and um it's a lot of fun we watch every Smallville episode, and then we talk about it and critique it. And sometimes we have guests. We just had Kristen Kruk, uh, which was lovely. And um, We'll say critique and celebrate. We critique, celebrate. Yeah. I shit on it occasionally. Sure. But I don't really shit on it. A fan said I shit on it. But I just give my honest opinion on things. I'm the harshest critic. But uh, <laughs> check out Talkville, T-A-L-K-V-I-L-L-E. You can watch on YouTube, subscribe, and anywhere you get your podcasts, follow us at Talkville Pod and Talkville Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, thank you for listening. And uh, right now, we're going to get into the top-tier patrons. These are the patrons that uh, 
give a lot to the podcast to keep it going. They really support it, and uh, I could not do it without them. So without further ado, here we go. You ready for this, Ryan? Uh, I'm ready. You hydrated? I'm hydrated now, man. Great. All right, here we go. Nancy D. Nancy D. Mm-hmm. Leah S, Sarah V, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H. By the way, Yukiko, I saw that you came on the Zoom and then you left last week. We had a big patron Zoom, a top-tier patron Zoom, and I saw Yukiko's name and then she vanished. So I was sad to see you go. Jill E, Brian H. Brian was there. Nico P, Robert B, Jason W, Sophie M, Kristen K, Raj C, Joshua D, CJP, Jennifer N, Stacey L, Jamal F., Janelle B, Kimberly E, Mike E, Eldon Supremo, 99 More, Ramiro, Santiago M, Chad W, Leanne P, Janine R, Maya P, Maddie S, Belinda N, Chris H, Dave H, Sheila G, Brad D, Ray H, Tabitha T, Tom N, Liliana A, Talia M, Betsy D, Chad L, Marion, Meg K, Big Stevie W, Angel M. <laughs> That's correct. That Angel is Mounds. Angel Mounds. You won't forget Rhiannon. C. Correct. Corey. K. Dev Nexon. Michelle. Uh, D. A. 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 No, we're not there yet. Jeremy. V again. V. Nope. Jeremy C. Dude, there's two Michelles yeah. and two Jeremys. Shit. Andy. Dwyer. T. Oh. Gav. Benader. David. C. All right. John. C. Riley. John B. Riley. Oh. <laughs> Brandy. Uh, Tough one. D. Brandy D. Yavor. Camille. M. S. S. The. C. Those, they're the C, but the the new one. The, the what? The, remember you asked if there were two of them? The ch- The chief. The chief. Joey and M. I oh, is that what that the C? One. Did the C become the chief? I don't know, but it's the chief. Joey mm. M. Design OTG. Eugene and Leah. Nikki. R. Just Nikki Glazer. Think Nikki Glazer. Oh, Nikki G. Corey. Katie. Nope. B. Heather. L. Correct. Jake. S. No, remember I said Jake. He's got a father who's crazy. Jake. B. Jake Busey. Oh, right. Megan, remember you said something? <laughs> Megan T. T, correct. Mel. S. Correct. Orlando. C. Correct. Caroline. R. Correct. Christine. S. Correct. Sarah. Nope. Remember Sarah Smile? Oh, S. Or Sarah, Sarah Smile. Sanderson? Oh, Sarah S. Eric. H. Yes. Jennifer. N. No. S. Remember, these are three in a row. Jennifer. R. And then Shane. R. And then Emma. R. Correct. Jeremy. V. Correct. Andrew. M. Correct. Robert. S. G. Oh. Zatoichi. I don't know. 77. Right. Andreas. S. N. N. Oracle. Chris. R. Yes, correct. Michael. Remember I said his name, the actor? Michael. Oh, F. Correct. Karina N. Samantha. Don't know. W. Michelle. 
D. Correct. Amanda. R. Correct. Lovecraft. E. Lovecrafty. Lovecrafty. All right. Uh, Amanda. S. Correct. And Jen. Jen B. I'm, right. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. You nailed a lot of them. This is, this no, is the end of it because you always nail the first half, as everybody knows. But now you're starting to squeeze in some of the second half. Mn- mnemonic devices? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. But we're doing it. We're doing it. Um, guys, I thank you for listening to the podcast. As I say over and over again, hopefully you don't get tired of it. Uh, keep listening. Keep supporting. Join Patreon if you want. And uh, from uh, Michael Rosenbaum here in the Hollywood Hills of California. I'm Ryan Davis. A little wave to the wide camera. Uh, thanks, Jason, our editor. Thanks, Bryce, our producer. Thanks, Cumulus, for uh, you know working hard in this podcast. Thank you, Ryan. Couldn't do it without my main man, thick and thin, right here. Here he is, Ryan Taylor. Show him some love. And uh, we will see you next week. Be good to yourselves. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.